On today's episode, I'm joined by Hadi Kalakesh from Lockdown NHL Prospects to break down the Blackhawks prospects' performances at the 2024 World Junior Championship and just some other prospects in the pipelines. All that and plenty more right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. Your Lockdown Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome on into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, thank you all for making the show your very first listen here to start your day. And a reminder to all my YouTube viewers to go and hit that like button, comment down below, and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. And to those who are listening to me through audio, through the podcast, make sure to go and rate and review It only takes two seconds quickly, and it really does help me out tremendously. And I also got to let you know, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make sure to go and download the FanDuel app and use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps to get up to $150 worth of bonuses with any $5 money line bet. Joining me today is none other than Hadi Kalakesh. That is not the right screen that I wanted to go to. There (laughs) There we go. Take two. Hadi Kalakesh joining me from the Lockdown NHL Prospects podcast here on Friday night to break down some Blackhawks prospects, man. Hadi, wanted to say thank you so much for taking the time to join me. I know uh, for for all the Chicago Blackhawks fans around the world, it has been tough watching this team so far this season. But the thing that's keeping us with a little bit of hope, the light at the end of the tunnel that's barely shining is all the prospects that have been doing some good work for them. And figure today we'll be diving into all that good stuff and especially what happened with the four Blackhawks prospects that just won the gold medal at the 2024 World Junior Championship. But before we do, Hadi, how are you doing here this evening? Doing great, doing great. Glad to finally uh, cover the uh, top-ranked prospect bowl in our prospect pool rankings from the summer. Uh, this is doing great. I mean, that was including Connor Bedard, but now that he's an NHLer, that might change. But, you know, still a very, very good prospect pool. It's not a it's not a one-man show in, in the Chicago Blackhawks pipeline. I'm really excited to break this down. Excellent. And yeah, I think they have to be number one or number two in the NHL with the Anaheim Ducks. I think those are kind of the two bottom feeder teams that are butting heads in terms of terms of who has the best prospect pool in the NHL. But Hadi, as I just said, four Blackhawks prospects were members of the United States team that just won gold at the World Juniors. Excellent victory for us United States citizens here. And uh, for the for the kids on that team getting free Chipotle now for the next year, which is a pretty, pretty good deal for them. But Uh, A lot of prospects impressed on that team, but Frank Nazar from the Blackhawks had himself a spectacular tournament, especially early on those first couple of games. Uh, A great line that he centered with Isaac Howard and Gavin Brindley throughout the tournament. What really impressed you about Frank Nazar at the World Juniors and what, what stood out the most about his game? I mean, I had him ranked second overall in this draft year. I love this kid. Like he, I was, I was a huge fan of his game from the get go. And that big injury last year kind of held him back from showcasing his his upgrades. But what I saw from Nazar was just vintage Nazar from his draft year. I mean, we're talking about a player who's really, really good in transition, who has a fantastic skating ability. I think we've all heard about this. If you're a Blackhawks fan, you haven't heard about Frank Nazar skating. It's his big standout. Uh, but on top of that, he's got a really good motor, constantly pushing the pace, constantly putting in the work off puck on the forecheck, on the back check. Um, just every facet of his game in this tournament was really impressive. But the thing that stood out for me was the playmaking ability. He was the best playmaker in this whole tournament, bar none. 
Like he was that good. He was ridiculous to watch. And yeah, overall, um, we're talking about a prospect who can really carry the pace fairly well, um, can take care of himself off the puck and really does a great job of supporting his teammates constantly, but just overall the way he, he builds play incrementally and just, you know, carries a puck up the ice with purpose, but with an intention and hides that intention super well. I mean, there's just so much to love about Nazar's playmaking game. And yeah, like I said, best playmaker in this tournament, bar none. Love to hear that. And the passing display was excellent from Nazar, but what really impressed me, Hadi, was, and this is something that everyone kind of raved about when he was uh, up for, up for grabs in the 2022 NHL draft was how big his motor is and how you can't tell he is an undersized guy because he's gritty. He goes and forces a lot of turnovers. It feels like he really does have that two way ability to complement his game along with all the great playmaking skills that he possesses too. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, this is a player who just supports play extremely well in all three zones and both on and off the puck. I mean, there isn't an area of his game that I would point to and say, this is something he really needs to improve. Like even a shot, he didn't get a lot of opportunities to showcase it, but it's a really, really good shot. So just overall a really complete skill set and just a player you can't help but fall in love with every time you watch him. And I think that if you're a Blackhawks fan and you watch this whole world juniors and you watch USA carry it to gold, I mean, th- this is this felt like a coming out party for Frank Nazar, but there's nothing in his game that I saw in this in this tournament that was actually surprising because these are all things I kind of saw coming in his draft year. This is a fantastic, well-rounded player. So no concerns at all that he didn't find the back of the net himself, which is a little odd. I mean, he's scoring at a pretty decent pace with Michigan here in his sophomore campaign. But yeah, no goals in eight eight games in the tournament, but no worries there at all. Yeah, I mean, you're playing with Showtime Isaac Howard. Like, he's going to shoot the puck every chance he gets. And Gavin Brindley's also a, you know, he's a really good playmaker, but he's been leaning hard into his goal-scoring game in Michigan. And yeah, I mean, those two have settled into their roles with Michigan. But I mean, you look at Nazar right now, he's at half a goal a game in the NCAA like, it's not a concern. It's just in a seven game tournament, you're going to have spans where, you know, you shoot, it doesn't go in or you don't get as many shots in a game. Like, I'm, I'm not worried at all because, you know, if the World Juniors was 25 games, he'd probably score 10 goals. Like, I, I'm not worried about that. Shout out to Isaac Howard for one of the best sellies that I've ever seen in that tournament it was absolutely Showtime. great. Showtime Isaac Howard. That, yeah. It's it's I mean he he's money for celebrations. You know he's gonna he's gonna lay it on thick. He's that kind of guy. He's really fun. Yeah, he had a great tournament himself as well. But last question I have for you, Hadi, on, on Frank Nazar, and this is kind of gonna go into the next guy we bring up too with Oliver Moore. You pencil in Connor Bedard as that number one center of the future, right? That's pretty said and done. Yeah. But with Oliver Moore in the prospect pool too and Frank Nazar. Yeah, that, that's great three center depth. Do you, do you see Frank Nazar as a center at the next level as well? It's possible. I just feel like the combination of skills and, and, and Connor Bedard and Frank Nazar on the same line would just be absolutely terrifying. And I'd be worried if I'm uh, anyone in, in, in Chicago's division, if those two are put together, because they both play and think at the same pace. Obviously, Bedard has otherworldly skill, otherworldly adaptability. I made a whole video about that on my personal YouTube channel about, you know, what exactly makes Conor Bedard so exceptional and such a generational player. It's not just a shot. It's just he adapts to scenarios extremely well. And Nazar is pretty much the perfect player to plug on his wing. And, you know, with the the embarrassment of riches that Chicago has at center in those three, I feel like if you have Oliver Moore as your 2C long-term, that's a perfect position for Oliver Moore because he has that upside as well. But if they choose to go all three down the, down the middle, I'm okay with it. I just see such a perfect fit between those two. They're, they'll at least play together on the top power play in Chicago one day. 
which uh, I, I think would be a really good idea. But I'd also see them as great compliments on the same line with, with Nazar on the wing and potentially both of them kind of alternating on faceoffs. Yeah, I'm really curious to see how it's all going to shake out four or five years down the road with the slew of prospects that the Blackhawks have in their forward group in terms of who's going to be a center, who's going to be a wing, who they like playing with who. It's going to be really fun to see how it all works out. But we just mentioned Oliver Moore, who also uh, had himself a pretty solid tournament, I thought as well. Got some opportunities up on the top line for a couple of games with uh, Jimmy Snuggerud being out and down in the lineup for a little bit. Um, but any, anywhere he was, regardless of what role I thought his skating, man, it's just any time he steps on the ice, that skating, the way he buzzes up and down the ice is yep. uh, so noticeable. Also chipped in for three points in those seven games as well, besides the skating or, or was it all skating? What, what'd you notice from Oliver Moore at the world juniors, Hadi? I mean, obviously the blistering pace, but also just the, um, the overall ability to just, you know, step up in any role. Like he started off as a 12, 13 forward for, yeah. um, uh, for the USA and by the medal rounds he had taken Jimmy Snuggerwood's role on that top line and it was a great fit I mean they needed an injection of pace and it it just instantly made Carter Goche just come out of his shell in that tournament um but yeah I mean with Oliver Moore I've always likened him to Dylan Larkin that's always been the, comp- the comparison for me and I don't like comparison so that gives you an idea of how close those two are stylistically um, and I think he got similar upside there as well. Like Dylan Larkin can, can really move the puck. He can, he can, you know, make plays at a high level and so can Oliver Moore. All, Moore was a player that in his draft year, very early on, I was kind of soured on because I saw a player who was too fast for his own brain. But by the end of the year, it felt like it, his brain had, had, you know, accelerated five or six, you know, gears to reach the level of his skating. And he was thinking and moving at the same pace. He was making plays at high speeds and, now, I mean, you watch him in uh, the NCAA where he is right now. I mean, you're seeing, you know, some of that as well. I mean, overall, Oliver Moore just gives a really well-rounded package of really good skating, really good defensive ability, really good playmaking. And I, I don't see a shot as a kind of plus tool yet, but it can definitely, definitely get there. And when he gets an opportunity, he can really rip it. But you're looking at mainly a distributor who's constantly going to just you get on the puck and he instantly accelerates the pace of play. And that's what you want from a player like this. And if you can get him on the second line with Connor Bernard as your one C, you know, this, this could be lethal for Chicago. I mean, he, he's got a lot to love. And I think that the defensive game is severely underrated with him as well. I think, I think Chicago Blackhawks fans are going to be really impressed with his defensive game. Once he reaches the NHL, because he inevitably will, he has the speed and the, and the brain for it. All right, my chat with Hadi will continue here in just a moment, but first, Blackhawks fans, I need to talk to you all about FanDuel. While the NFL regular season has come to an end, the offers with FanDuel stay running because right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed with any $5 money line bet. Yes, you heard me right. That's $150 guaranteed with just a $5 money line bet. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's legitimately no better time to get in on the action than right now because football season is getting into the good stuff. We're down to just four teams left, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all throughout the rest of the playoffs. Just pick any team to win on the money line, such as the Chiefs and the 49ers, and you'll get $150 worth of bonus bets, win or lose. And you can use these bonuses to bet on everything from the point spreads 
to player props, over-unders, and much, much more. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on the NFL than FanDuel. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, an official partner of the National Football League. Yeah, and I think having Connor Bedard and Oliver Moore in the same prospect pool is it's going to be so freeing towards Oliver Moore's true game, which you just yeah. mentioned, a really good defensive forward. Like Connor Bedard is going to be the superstar goal scorer, point getter of the Chicago Blackhawks team. If Oliver Moore can, yeah, we want him to be a good offensive player too, but if he can really impact the game with his speed and his forecheck on the defensive side of things in that second line role, I think that's just a really ideal position for the Blackhawks to be in long-term. You just mentioned as well, um, only three goals this year. The shot is still developing a little bit, three goals and 22 games so far for Oliver Moore. I have seen um, recently, I think it was, uh, oh my gosh, it's fallen off the top of my head. Oliver Moore, Corey Pronman, I believe it was, who just came out with his 22 and under ratings and Oliver Moore had fallen in that a little bit. And I saw some people suggest that maybe it was just due to the goal scoring, not being all that great in college as a freshman. Do you, do you feel there are any concerns in that area? And also, do you think Oliver Moore is going to come back to Minnesota next year for a sophomore campaign? If you had to guess. A hundred percent. I think that he definitely needs another year of development. I think the real setback with Moore's shot is that he he still struggles to shoot in motion. For a player who's constantly skating at the high speed that he is, I think adding that to a skill set would just bolster his goal scoring ability and make it a real NHL tool. Um, this is a player who usually stops his feet when he's shooting, and when you do that, you know he loses some of his some of his highest quality, which is his, his, his high speed and his ability to make plays at high speeds, because, you know, he has to take a moment, settle the puck in his hip pocket, stop, stop moving his feet and then take a shot. He's pretty decent when he gets an opportunity from the half wall, he has a decent one timer, but when you're that fast, you're going to catch a lot of defenses flat footed. And it's so important when you're barreling down the boards, kind of taking crossovers towards the net to be able to shoot in that motion. If you watch any of Cole Caulfield, that's one is one of his favorite shots. Is you know while while doing crossovers or while moving his feet in transition, getting a shot off. You know when you're that fast, it it can change your game entirely. So I'm I'm still holding out for for more to be able to kind of add it add that to his toolkit. But I mean it's a work in progress for sure. As as you said, I mean it's three goals in 22 games in the NCAA. He's not putting up many um, many goals on the on the score sheet, but overall he has that ability, and it's just a matter of adding that one little tweak, that one little detail. If he's able to, to kind of incorporate that into his game long term, you're looking at a really good goal scorer who's constantly going to be scoring off the rush. I mean that that has a lot of importance in the NHL, especially with an NHL that I mean more and more goals every year are getting yeah. scored off the rush. So you know it, it could be really useful. Absolutely. And you just said work in progress. I feel like Sam Renzel is kind of a constant work in progress on the back end for the Blackhawks, Hottie, because when they selected him 25th overall, he was one of the youngest players in the draft, still super raw, but you see a six foot four right-handed defenseman that can skate the way that he does. There's a lot of upside and a lot of runway there. What did you think of Sam Renzel in this tournament for the United States on the third pairing with uh, Zeev Buim? Yeah, I think I thought overall, I mean, he complimented Booyam very, very well. I thought Renzel was put in more of a defensive situation because of how Zeev Booyam plays overall. And this was a USA team overall that mainly defended in zone. They kind of let opponents 
you know, gained the offensive zone and then kind of just shut it down from there. Thought that I, I thought that fit Renzel's game a bit less than other prospects in that pool. Um, overall, Renzel, I mean, he's a player who skates really well for a player of his size. Um, not the most comfortable on the puck, and he he tends to get a bit panicky when he gets it under pressure. Yeah. But when he when he's skating in transition, he's so dangerous and. He's a he's a profile of prospect that I didn't really expect him to develop into this exactly. I saw him kind of adding more composure and patience to his game, but all he's done is he's jacked his tools up to a hundred since his draft year. But the brain hasn't caught up, and I think mentally it's so important to to have that high panic threshold. And Renzel isn't there yet. I feel like he's at least going to need a year in the AHL after his uh, his NCAA stint just to kind of see how he manages the shorter ice, um, the more high-end pressure scenarios, and overall just the lack of space that you have in, in the AHL and in the North American program overall. Um, but I think there's still a decent level of promise. I just think that the 2024 draft would be a great opportunity for the Blackhawks if they don't draft first overall to add a really good right-handed defenseman, uh, someone who can play with Kevin Korchinski on a first pair long-term, for example. I'm thinking of Archam Lefshunov, Zane Perek. I mean, there's some options in this draft. And yeah, I think that this would be an interesting uh, route to go with with their pick this year because Renzel, I see more as a kind of second, kind of number four, number five defenseman who's going to give you good in-zone minutes, but you need to pair him with a guy who can break the puck out with composure and patience because that's not his forte. Yeah, I completely agree. I see him as kind of a second pairing type of defenseman with some offensive and skating upside. Yeah. Hadi, what I would do for Zeev Bouyam to be a right-handed defenseman in this draft, <laughs> my friend. What a tournament this guy had. I know we're talking yeah. about Blackhawks prospects here, but I was so impressed by Zeev Bouyam, and the Blackhawks have a prospect at Denver by the name of Aiden Thompson. So I've been keeping up with the Pioneers a little bit this year, and boy, that yeah. kid has some talent, man. Yeah, I mean, their their play-by-play announcer was uh, was talking about how um, he, he said something along uh, along the lines of, if the game's on the line and you're down by a goal and you want someone to have the puck, I want it to be Zeev Bouyam. And I'm like, this isn't this is a French freshman draft eligible defenseman. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? Yeah, he's that good. I mean, it's like he's covered in butter. The way he moves through through the smallest crevices and pressure, this is something that doesn't go away once you reach the NHL. I'm, I think he's going to have a seamless transition to the on-puck game in the NHL. And what I saw from him last year um, in his draft minus one was a, a player who was focused more on defense. And this year, he's really going all in on offense. I'm really hoping that that's the reasons why that's the reason why his defensive game hasn't really cut up to par is because he's just going all in on offense all the time. But if he manages to just bring back some of that draft minus one defensive ability that that rush defense, especially, oh my goodness, he's going to be lethal in the NHL. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how high he's going to end up going um, yeah. because his draft his draft stock has just skyrocketed the last few months. Uh, Hadi, we got two other Blackhawks prospects that were part of this tournament as well that played for Team Slovakia in goaltender Adam Guyan, who really made his name in this tournament last year, and that's how he led to uh, how he ended up being the first goaltender off the board in the 2023 NHL draft. And then Martin Misiak, a second-round pick for the Blackhawks as well, right after Guyan. Got an opportunity to play with Dalibor Dvorsky here in this year's tournament. What did you see from those two guys for uh, Slovakia? I know it wasn't as long as a run as they made last year, but still got some opportunities to showcase their stuff. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, in Adam Gayon, you saw a player who really, I mean, 
he just excels at these tournaments. He's he's a he's a tournament player, and I think that that's going to be really good for the Blackhawks once they they reach that kind of playoff status. Because if Adam Guyon's in net during the playoffs, you know he can manage a seven game series really, really, really well. Um, overall, I mean, Guyon was a bit of a surprise for me in this draft year because no, well, technically he was an overager last year, but yeah. essentially when he got drafted, I, I mean, we saw him at the World Juniors. And his stock skyrocketed, and I was like, okay, we need to take a step step back here because this is a seven-game tournament. Um, but I watched some of his NAHL tape. I watched some of his USHL tape, and I was like, wait, they, ha- they have something here. They-, they actually do have something here. So when he was drafted 35th overall, I, I mean, I did not expect him to be yeah. the first goalie off the board. But Yeah, but I mean, honestly, with hindsight, I mean, he's up there with Trey Augustine and Jacob Fowler and Michael Hrabal. I mean, he's in that category in terms of overall quality. Um, such such a clutch goaltender, such a such a mentally sound goaltender, and the mental game I think is more important than anything uh, in goaltenders because you can get their technique up to par, you can work on their on their edge work. Um, you know, apart from athletic ability and mental and mental ability, I mean, the rest can be worked on. But the mindset with Guyon is so strong. I feel like I think he's going to make it far. Whereas with um, with Martin Mishak, I mean, he was a defensive player from day one. Like he's a player who. From day one, you know exactly what it's going to give you. Hard four checks, hard back checks, smart defensive zone activation, um, you know, driving the net with the puck and kind of protecting it on his way there or just barreling at the net off the puck and creating space for his teammates. I mean, he's he's a meat and potatoes defensive player. Um, the offensive upside, I'm not sold on. I don't think he's ever, ever going to get to the point where he's at on he's at a second line kind of pace in terms of points. But if you have him on your third line as your your defensive stalwart, your defensive kind of power forward style, why not? I mean, he's a really good player. All right. The last part of my conversation with Hadi Kalakesh is continuing here in just a moment. But real quick, I need to talk to you all about Indeed. There's no I in team, but there is an I in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform you need to help build your company. Because when you're hiring... Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. So instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. And that is Indeed. Indeed streamlines the hiring process with powerful tools that help you find match candidates. And I personally love Indeed because it's the only job site out there where you only pay for applications that meet those must-have requirements. And that's because Indeed knows when you're growing your business, you have to make every dollar count. So do just that by visiting Indeed.com slash LockedOn to start hiring right now. Again, that's Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Need to hire? Then you need Indeed. And then looking at some of the other prospects that are in the Blackhawks pipeline right now, I know you mentioned before we recorded, you're pretty familiar with Nick Lardis, who has been pretty captivating the Blackhawks fans because he's one of the top goal scorers in all of the OHL this year, scoring at nearly a uh, goal per game clip. But there are some concerns about the size, and I'm not going to lie to you when I watch him. He looks like he's like 16 years old out there, but you can't deny the goal scoring ability. What do you kind of make of Nick Lardis? I know there are so many Blackhawks fans out they're curious as to whether he can be an NHL player and whether he can score goals like this at the top level one day. Yeah, I mean, with Lardis, with any small player, what I look for is, is compensatory skills. So how how does your skill set compensate for the size difference? And you know how do you how do you circumvent or overcome your lack of size? With Lardis, it's all off puck movement. The way he finds space in between checks is ridiculous. 
you know, we were talking about Cole Caulfield a bit earlier. That's kind of the, that's kind of the, 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 the type of goals that he scores. It's just, it's all between checks. He finds these little pockets of space, settles into them and gets shots off. Obviously the time and space is going to get, I mean, less and less available as he climbs the ranks, but he has a ridiculous shot on top of it and he doesn't really need that much space to get it off. You know, the puck's on his, on his stick for like 0.2 seconds and then it's in the top corner. Like he, he has a quick release, but he also, he can shoot from a variety of positions, which means that he doesn't need to settle pucks. And when you need to settle pucks, that means you need half a second, a second more on the puck. So I don't think Lardis is ever going to be your forechecking stalwart, your guy who's going to dig pucks out of corners. He's, he's able to, and he does it occasionally, but it's not his bread and butter. What, what his bread and butter is, is that off-puck movement, that ability to find space, and that's not going anywhere. What's going somewhere is the, is the space that he gets. In the OHL, lanes stay open a lot longer. You get space, you get a lot more space to work your magic, and, you know, overall, I mean, players aren't on their assignments as, you know, as there aren't as disciplined in their assignments than in the NHL. So that's the thing I'd look out for is when Lardis can't find space and can't score, if he's being man marked, if he's being double teamed, like how does he, how, how does he kind of work his way around it or find other ways to impact his team? Right. Cause right now you're looking at a pretty unidimensional player, but you're seeing a bit more of that playmaking ability, a bit more of that give and go, that distribution, those cross-eyes passes. Like he's adding that to his arsenal slowly but surely. And I feel like if you can get that out of him long term and make him kind of a dual threat player, that opens up so many opportunities for him in this Chicago lineup, especially as an as a potential top six winger who can shoot the puck, who can find uh, the Bedards and Moores and Nazars of the world in in three, four, five years. I mean he looks interesting. I just, you know, I understand the questions, um, but there's so much to like here in his game. There's so much that he does that's really good in terms of overcoming his lack of size that I'm not as worried as some others about size. I know a lot of Blackhawks fans will be loving to hear that. Heidi, uh, Heidi, I got two more questions left for you. One, I know we've talked about a lot of uh, Blackhawks prospects so far here today, but is there anyone else that they have in the pipelines that has re- really stood out to you or really caught your eye? I mean, we haven't really talked about Gavin Hayes, and I think that he's looking yeah. really interesting. And in, I mean, he he's just he's he's got such a. I mean, I, I feel like the role that he played on USA is kind of the role he's going to play in the NHL. Kind yes. of a kind of yes. a bottom six grinder, kind of power forward, four checker type of you know the type of player that brings the. The, the grit and physicality that you're going to be lacking in your top six with the players that you have in your pipeline, right? Um, he's the type of player that's going to give you a hard nose, intense shift, and it's going to make life so much easier for the for the for the line that comes on next after him. You know, if you can shuffle your lines in the way that Gavin Hayes hops on and then Connor Bedard hops on right after, you're not giving teams a rest. Um, I mean, there's so much love in his game, but overall, like you you watch the goals that he scores at the at the OHL level. And it's not the Nicolardis type of, you know, move off the puck, find pockets of space type goals. It's just drive the net, push the goalie in, somehow get a goal type of goal. Like he's that player. And yeah, I, I feel like he's going to be, I think he's going to be a really good kind of third line center. If you play him with kind of Mishak, Paul Ludwinski, you've got one of the best defensive lines in, in, in the NHL, if, if they all develop the way they could. Um, and yeah, I mentioned Paul Ludwinski. I think that he's, he's the kind of, peanut butter to Gavin Gavin Hayes's jelly in terms of one's a hard nose drive the net goal scorer the other the other's more of a finesse playmaker but both play really good defensively so I feel like that's a match made in heaven in terms of skill sets so you can have a line, line of Hayes Ledwinski and Nishak long term teams are scoring goals on that line like they're that good 
Yeah, and I think that's what's really nice about some of those pieces that the Blackhawks have added in the NHL draft the last couple of years is, yeah, we've got Nazar and Moore and Bedard up top with all the offense, but you need some guys who can also go and fill out the rest of your lineups. And you mentioned a Paul Ludwinski who just loves to cause havoc out there and is a big body with a high motor. And Gavin Hayes is another guy with some good size to his game that, you know, played a little bit more of a defensive role, it seemed, for the United States at the World Juniors. And I think that's perfectly going to help what, what he kind of needs to develop into if he wants to be a piece of this puzzle for this Blackhawks team, because we kind of got the goal scoring and the skill down if all goes well, but filling the rest out, I think is still obviously very important. And I think a guy like Gavin Hayes could look really good in the bottom of the lineup. So glad to hear you feel the same way about Gavin Hayes. Last question I got for you, Hottie, before I let you get out of here and enjoy the rest of your Friday night. You ready for this? Yep. Eight games in the world juniors. How many goals, how many assists would Connor Bedard have scored for Canada? <laughs> Putting you oh on the spot, God. how many would he have, would, and would they have won gold if he played? How many does he have in the NHL right now? Remind me how, how many points he has. What, 33 in 39 30, games? 33 and 30, yeah, 39. He got hurt in his 39th game. Yeah, 33 and 39, 15 goals, 18 assists. Okay, um, that feels that feels conservative for eight games in the World Juniors. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> 33 points, that, that's conservative for Bedard and this world juniors Canada could have used him and Kevin Korchinski man oh my goodness absolutely <laughs> well Hadi, thank you so much for taking the time again on a Friday night to talk Blackhawks hockey with me to everyone out there make sure to go and follow Hadi on socials at Hadi K underscore scouting and also go and check out the lockdown NHL prospects podcast as the 2024 NHL draft is really not that far away and Shoot, I mean, the Blackhawks can barely score more than one goal right now, Hottie. So they're sure looking like they're going to be in the mix for the number one overall pick once again. They also have Tampa Bay's first round pick if it's not a top 10 selection. So lots of reasons for my listeners out there to go and check out all of your good stuff. Hottie, thank you again for joining the show, man. Really appreciate you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. To everyone out there, make sure to go and hit that like button, comment down below, subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. I'll catch you next time on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.